Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Red. Luke Mullen and Amy Just, as usual, episode 10 now of the season. Um, quite a lot has happened, and now a win. Yeah. What, a what a concept. I know. <laughs> and against an FBS opponent, too. We were, we were closely monitoring the stat. Um, what was it, 364 days? 364, yeah. yep. That's pretty wild, huh? I mean, even even a lot of a lot of FCS schools, I'm sure, probably had a, a win over an FBS school in that time too. So yeah, <laughs> it was it was a long time coming, most definitely. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to break down that win over Indiana, talk everything Rutgers, because obviously it's a it's a quick turnaround for the team, quick turnaround for us too. Um, so a lot happening in a couple of days here. Uh, but of course, you know that that Indiana game, like I said, I mean, it was a, a long time coming for Nebraska to. Turn in a result like that, you know, we'll, we'll get into all the game action, but I mean, just overall, I mean, what did what'd you kind of make of the performance and, and the improvement, I guess, that they showed? Yeah, it, obviously it's like hard to quantify this, but it felt like, especially the defense, like played with more intensity yeah. and mm -hmm. just more energy and again like there's no way to like quantify that like in the box score or anything that's like an eye test type of thing and they looked a lot better um just from that regard and then the defense in general just played a lot better um in talking with bill bush today he's just like yeah they were in the right spots that's amazing that's all it yeah. takes <laughs> a lot a lot a lot of good things can happen when you're just in the right spot huh mm -hmm. um but yeah so i mean the the game action itself you know, it was a, a typical Nebraska start, you know, on offense, just electric that first drive, took three plays, you know, two bombs to, to Palmer and Oliver Martin just to get down, score that touchdown. Um, and, you know, we, we heard from Mark Whipple today, he was saying, you know, we, we have this offense that comes out of the gate, you know, scores a touchdown every week. He said, well, why, why can't they bring that same level of consistency all game? Yeah. Mark was in quite a mood today. Um, he had a lot of one-liners, some good quips today, some great mood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he believes in this team and he believes yeah. that they can win. And he is kind of frustrated by the fact that at some points he feels like the players don't think that they can win. Um, and maybe they don't necessarily believe that but in their attitude, as of late, sometimes it has. But I feel like once you get this this win, that kind of like yeah. takes that to a different level because you can win, and you can win in a close game situation. And for so long, I mean, over a year, you know, they hadn't been able to pull it out in those situations. So I think one can do wonders um, for your confidence and to get the ball rolling moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that confidence aspect a lot. And you know, the, the players said it themselves, too. I mean, it was uh, Chris Kolarvik. He said we had all these close, you know, one-score games last year, which was his first year with the team. Mm -hmm. You know, finally, breakthrough this year, obviously, it wasn't a, a one-score game at the end. But, I mean, it was 21-21, 28-21, you know, pretty much the entire second half. So it was right there. You know, I had that chance to be another close one-score game. And just getting it done, I think – the overall atmosphere around the team this week is they are so much more confident because of it. Yeah, and they're just they're just in a better mood in general. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, that happens, right? But it just it feels like we're around a different team. Yeah. Like right after the win, like Garrett Nelson had the giggles. Um, that's how I describe <laughs> yeah. it. Um, you know, K 
Casey was in a really good mood. Mark being in a really good mood today. Um, it just helps. Absolutely. Well, we will say uh, Whipple was in a, a different type of mood at times on Saturday. Yeah. We're talking about this very kind of notable exchange. Um, you know, Casey Thompson, a lot of pressure at times. He does a great job, you know, I think escaping it, running out of it. But, you know, maybe, maybe there's a tendency to hold on to the ball a little bit. Um, third down and two, pretty promising drive for Nebraska. Thompson takes a sap, sack as soon as he goes off the field. Whipple's there on the sidelines to give him an earful, which, you know, good coaching. You know, let your quarterback know. Well, next series, they send Chubba Purdy out backed up against his own goal line, and pressure comes. He takes what should be a sack, safety, uh, but kind of flips the ball backwards as he's going down. Ends up being a, a touchdown for Indiana. Really big swing. I mean, 7-0 game to 7-7. Obviously, it, you know, still ended up in Nebraska's favor, but do you think that was the right decision, pull Thompson for a series and, and let Purdy get out there? I mean, I'm not going to armchair quarterback it, but no. <laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. I just, it was one excruciatingly bad play for Casey. Yeah. Especially when you look at the, the bird's eye view, like Trey Palmer was wide open and like probably would have been a touchdown. Um, so you look at that and you're like, not great. Um, I also kind of question the, the play call in yeah. that situation yeah. too, because at that point, um, Nebraska's ball carriers were averaging 4.5 yards a game or for carry, and they just needed two there. Um, the run had been working. Um, obviously, if Casey makes the throw, no one's questioning the play call, right? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot on that play specifically that I question, um, and then pulling Casey out um, after that. And I was trying to stay um, – hmm, what's the word I want to use? I didn't want to question pulling Casey in the moment because I didn't know if it was a, a true, like, yeah. pull him because I noticed that he was getting his wrist taped, so I didn't know if Casey needed, like, medical attention after taking that hit, and then, no, uh, we found out after the game that, yeah, he was benched very briefly uh, before Chubba's even more excruciatingly bad play. Um, but I, I wouldn't have pulled Casey there. Um, knowing what we know now, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously it changes if Chubba makes it work, right? Yeah. And yeah, I, I understand the sentiment in that you want Chubba to get game reps, but why put him in when he's, when you're backed up so deep in your own territory, that just feels like a recipe for disaster, but you can never plan for when Casey could go down Mm -hmm. for longer than he has. So, look, I get all sides of it, but no. Long story short, no, I would not have uh, pulled Casey there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you, but I, I kind of liked what, what Mickey had to say about it, which, you know, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more of like an old-school perspective, I guess, because, you know, he hearkened back to what Coach Osborne would do. He'd say, oh, you know, he'd pull us, you know, give us a series on the sidelines, you know. You see the defense differently. It, uh you know, it just gives a different perspective, maybe light a, you know, competitive spirit under the player too, but Nebraska's at a very different spot now than it, it was when, when Coach Osborne was. So I think, I think if you're starting quarterback, the guy that, you know, you trot out there for 95% of the game, I think if he's, if he's healthy, I think you got to keep him out there, especially like you said, when you're backed up and 
you know, maybe, maybe it's a little bit more of a pressure situation. So at the same time, though, yeah, Purdy, he does need snaps. He needs game experience. Work him in at a different time, I think, probably would have, uh, would have been good enough. But anyway, you know, N- Nebraska responded well to the adversity, which was, I think, you know, perhaps the biggest thing we saw. Every time Indiana kind of, you know, came back or had a big moment, Nebraska's right there to respond. And, of course, after that, it was the punt block touchdown, um, which Indiana, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, they were, they were not protecting the punter a lot. I mean, they were sending their, their blocker line, you know, down the field quickly. And obviously, I think Nebraska read into that. You know, we, we heard that was a design, design, you know, punt block there from Kolarvik and Malcolm Hartzog there to, to pounce on the loose ball for a touchdown. And for a special teams unit that for several years has been giving up the big plays rather than producing them, I mean, how, how great of a moment for Bill Bush, Joey Connors, that whole unit. Oh, man. You can't say how, how meaningful that is, right? Like, you just, just looking at the statistics and the last time it happened, like, what, 2000? I mean, it was like 13 years ago, 2009. Mm-hmm. I, again, I never know what year it is anymore. But <laughs> it was like 2009 was the last time they returned a blocked punt for a touchdown. 13 years ago. So, like... And then they haven't scored a touchdown on special teams in any way, shape, or form since 2019. Mm-hmm. So, like, that gives so much confidence to that unit. Because um, they have blocked a punt already this season, but then they took it the next step forward. Um, and you couldn't be happier for them because they, they deserve a win. They've been playing super well on special teams, um, a couple aspects aside. Um, but, no, they deserved it. They really did. Yeah. 13 years, I mean... Malcolm Hartzog, he's probably a, what, five or six-year-old? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true freshman. He's yep. probably 17 or 18, depending yeah. on his birthday. <sighs> I doubt I doubt, I doubt. doubt he was watching that game. <laughs> oh, you're making me feel old. Um. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the other big response there was, of course, you know, Nebraska led 21-7. to mm-hmm. Indiana scores those two touchdowns right before halftime. And, I mean, that's just a huge momentum swing, yes, Nebraska's getting that ball out of halftime. You know, there, there was still that chance, but, I mean, that, that definitely sucked a little bit of the air, you know, maybe out of the team, but they rallied right back there in the second half. I mean, it was a tough back-and-forth third quarter, a couple interceptions, a lot of punts, um, and then Huskers, you know, finally broke through there in the fourth quarter. The huge pass from Thompson to Palmer broke the game open, and then Anthony Grant just uh, was an absolute workhorse that second half. I think he had, like, you know, 18 carries or whatever. I mean, he was... He did a great job running the clock out. And like a massive block on another play yeah. too. Like Do it all. He he can. He has been such a delight to watch. Like anytime he has the ball, you know he's going mm-hmm. for four or five, maybe, maybe more than that, depending on the situation. I mean, he's had over a hundred yards in all but one of their games. Yeah. Like just a staple of this offense. And underappreciated I think a little bit yeah I mean something the team just absolutely needed this year with a little bit of the you know the the revolving door at running back they had going on last year and I mean we heard that going into the year that there was a lot of different guys all vying for playing time heard a lot of good things about Grant and then he comes out and plays and you're like okay all that all that stuff was true he is he is that good of a runner that good of a player and um, obviously brings a lot to the offense but um, you know, the, the defense was, I think, you know, the, the big story there, the second half, stepping up, shutting out Indiana for the final 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, a lot of these different position groups, we talked about it in last week's pod, you know, 
what position groups we thought were going to step up. We both said the defense. I think we were both right in, in different ways. You said the secondary, and they were pretty good not to allow Basilic to have any big breakaway plays. I said the linebackers. I think they were at a, at a kind of similar level. But I did say Garrett Nelson, and he did get a sack. So Two. Two, yeah. Pass rush finally showing up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because when he was introduced at like the press conference, um, the Nebraska's SID was like, "Yeah, Garrett Nelson, two sacks, career high." <laughs> Garrett goes baller. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then his giggles ensued. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that like you need a game like that um, just to get like I said, like we've said get that confidence underneath you, behind you, so you can use it and to propel forward. Um, but, yeah, I did talk about the secondary last week, just saying that, you know, the safeties needed to take some things off of their plate and all of that stuff. But I did not expect such a standout game from Hartzog. Yeah, um, absolutely. He, he came to play. Um, and to, to quote Mickey and Bush, uh, he uh, wasn't afraid of the fan in his face. Mm. Um, that's a that's a phrase that they like to use. Um, and he wasn't. And he was, you know, Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Uh, pretty high bar to clear for your first start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going to have to win it every week now, I guess. But, I mean, I think that was, that was such a big thing, though, because if you're Indiana, you know, you, you see a true freshman corner over there. I mean, they're going to go after him. I mean, that's pretty basic football, you know, scheming. And, and he did a great job to deal with that pressure, you know, covers man like normal. And I think over the course of the game, I think they realized they're like, it's not, not any more higher percentage going after him than any side of the field. Um, so I, yeah, big yeah. time performance. I will note that Indiana did have its two best receivers out of the game. So you wonder how different that would have looked if yeah. either one or both of those guys could have played. But what ifs uh, don't count um, in retrospect, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, the other position groups, like I said, the linebackers, it wasn't necessarily to me like a, a night and day thing, you know, compared to their first couple games. But Luke Reimer, he made that big play, that big turnover. Nick Henrik, very solid. And then I thought Isaac Gifford uh, might have played his best game of the year in that nickel position. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting, the, the way that Bill Bush used these linebackers. I mean, I saw a couple snaps where Henrik was more kind of in that nickel role and, you know, Gifford was more in the middle, a lot of different you know, moving those different linebackers around. Great skill sets, skill sets excuse me. Um, and it seems like Bush has a, a great handle on, you know, where to deploy those guys in different packages. But, yeah, I mean, the defensive line in particular. Indiana, you know, not a, a great rushing team, but they did enough, you know, to limit their different rushing attacks. Um, Ty Robinson got involved, got a sack, got in the backfield, did a great job rotating a lot of those different linemen. So I think that was a big thing. A lot of different players contributed. And a lot of guys that have maybe been a little quieter than they'd like finally got the chance to, to make some noise there in front of the home crowd. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how each of those guys builds upon their performance this weekend. Absolutely. Or Friday, yeah. not technically part <laughs> of the weekend. Again, I don't know what day it is ever. Yeah. And this is not helping. And how about, uh, how about just, you know, we, we were down there on the field afterwards. And it was clear, you know, just seeing all the players, I mean, the emotions of, Joy, I guess you could say relief was a word we heard too. Um, Catharsis. Yes, definitely. And then you see the, the post-game video, you know, Trev Alberts in the locker room mm -hmm. giving a game ball to Mickey Joseph, the whole team going crazy. It just felt like it was, it was one of those, it was those moments that have kind of just been missing for this team. And 
you know, Mickey said, you know, 24 hour rule, only celebrate it for so long. But really, I think even now, as, as we record this on Tuesday, it's still, I think it's still fresh for the team, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it, and it will be, right? Because you don't want to let this feeling go. Like, obviously, you need to focus on Rutgers and all of that. But just the joy, the inherent happiness that comes with winning. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, you know, completely put that in a box just because it can help you moving forward. Find a balance, so mm -hmm. to speak. And it's, it's given them a lot of optimism, um, especially because... They're in one of the most competitive, we'll say, uh, divisions in all That's of college football. <laughs> That's a word. What did uh, what did Whipple say? He said something um, like, "Yeah, so it's I not have... good. It's just competitive." No, or... he said um, it's competitive. It's not quality, but it's competitive. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not wrong. I mean, there are six teams tied at one and one, and then Wisconsin is zero and two. Um, Obviously, that's going to change as there's more infighting within the conference. Um, I still think, even though Minnesota had a pretty embarrassing loss last week, um, I still think uh, they're in the driver's seat. Um, and just looking at Wisconsin's schedule, it's pretty easy for them here on out. Um, but again, they did fire their coach. So, yeah. you know, things are fine up in Wisconsin. Yeah, I just, I, <laughs> I just, I just don't think we've seen the offensive you know, power that you need to see from Wisconsin. Yeah, they have yeah. a they have a decent defense, but I mean, Graham Mertz hasn't really performed. Braylon Allen hasn't been able to get going as much as he should. Um, and then, and then I do agree with you on Minnesota. Their defense against an easy non-conference was very, very good. Mm -hmm. And then even in this loss to Purdue, I mean, they only allowed 20 points. Tanner Morgan threw three picks. Mohamed Ibrahim didn't play. Um, so there was a lot going on with that Gopher offense. And I think. P.J. Fleck, you know, he gets that team ready to play um, more often than not. This was a bit of a dud for them, but I think they'll bounce back. Yes, I think they have to be the favorite, but it's wide open right now. I think every, we've heard that from Nebraska, and I'm sure every other coach in the Big Ten West is telling, telling their guys the same thing. You guys can win the division. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, a big one, you know, to get to that point, we'll get on to this week's matchup, Rutgers. Um, Friday night matchup there. And the thing with Rutgers, you know, looking at kind of their season as a whole, um, pretty weak strength of schedule overall, um, three and two on the year, but one point win against Boston College, blowout win over an FCS team in Wagner, um, and two point win over Temple, losses to Iowa and Ohio State um, last two weeks to open up Big Ten play. So Rutgers, you know, they managed, credit to them, obviously, they managed to win those two tight games against those other FBS teams. Um, but they have a lot of question marks, especially, I think, on offense, where they've rotated through these quarterbacks, Evan Simon, Gavin Wimsett, and now Noah Vedrill, uh, Nebraska familiar, native. Familiar, familiar yep, name there. Returned from injury last week to get a few snaps. Uh, so that's something that the Husker defense is going to be ready for. Any one of those three could just trot out there at quarterback. Yeah, and, and Bush talked about this today and that all three of them can run. Yeah. So they're preparing for that regardless. Um, Obviously, each of them has their different quirks, but just knowing that they have a, a similar characteristic, I think, helps prepare the defense for whoever gets out there Friday night. Yeah, and I mean, Vedral, I, I don't think he threw a pass last week, just had a few carries, um, but you have to imagine, I would think, if I was Rutgers coaching staff, at least got to have a few packages in there. I mean, he's, 
He's going to be pretty fired up for that game. Uh, a little bit, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, I, and Evan Simon, too. I mean, he's a guy that uh, I think has, has shown a lot in flashes, too. Um, but just that level of consistency has kind of eluded him. So it's going to be a, a, big, a big challenge to see um, if Nebraska can shut down just a few of these Rutgers weapons because that would go a long way. Um, Samuel Brown the fifth, he's their top running back, and Aaron Crookshank really stands out above the rest as that top wideout. You can slow down either of those two guys. I mean, this is already an offense that I think is about 90th in, in total offense nationally. I mean, that's going to go a long way towards keeping the scoring down. Yeah, and I, and I think the score will be a little lower mm -hmm. than what we've seen. Um, well, we'll get to that. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, because, not well, to get ahead of myself. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, it's worth bringing up to Rutgers does have a very solid defense, which you'd expect from a Greg Schiano coach team. Um, Bill Bush talking today just about the toughness um, that Schiano teams always bring. And in particular, Rutgers uh, brought back their entire secondary uh, from last year, a few new faces up front um, and in the linebacking core. But that's been big, you know, to slow down other teams passing attack. I think that's why the BC game was like 22-21. Temple game, 16-14. I mean, very low scoring games in those two. Iowa game, pretty low scoring as well. Well, that was going to be low. <laughs> Iowa didn't yeah. help in that regard either. It's just, you know. It's, sorry, it, not sorry to Iowa. You're good. It's just the, the Rutgers blueprint, you know, going up against some of these other teams. But uh, most definitely Nebraska will be a little bit, little bit different of a challenge than, than Iowa brought. Um, but, yeah, Friday night game. And never having been to, uh, to Rutgers before, I guess I'll just be interested to see, you know, does, does the town turn up for a, a Friday night game with, Two middling, shall we say, Big Ten teams. I don't know. Um, I Rutgers, like for you know, being the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, if I can say that, I did. Um, I mean, they have pretty decent attendance. I mean, from what I've gathered, you know, against like their that FBS or FCS, excuse me, team they played uh, Wagner earlier this season. Um, there were like almost 50,000 people there, so. Yeah, should be a pretty decent environment. Could be interesting. Yeah. Um, I haven't checked the weather. Hopefully it's nice. That would help. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, we heard too, Mark Whipple kind of made the point that that Northwestern game, I mean, that's a neutral, neutral site. A lot of Husker fans in that game. It's going to be their first true road game, um, which is always a challenge, you know, for teams to to maybe adapt to that, especially when they've been at home the last couple of weeks. So yeah, ooh, that'll be high to watch. Of, high of 73, low of 44 on Friday in Piscataway. And, all right. All right. Football weather. weather. Yeah, doing us a solid. I'm a big fan. Same. <laughs> break out the flannels, you know, break it all out. It's fall, baby. All right. Well, let's get into our, our Husker hot topic. <laughs> um, you know, we were talking a lot about the defense, the momentum this team has brought. So... Let's pose the question, you know, can the Nebraska defense continue that momentum that they built up in the second half? Yeah, I think so. Um, yes, there's Rutgers has some wrinkles that are hard to impossible to prepare for just because you don't know what's coming at you. But they looked so much better last week. And I think that that can continue to carry over. But I'm an optimist, kind of. Yeah, well, I... I'll be a pessimist then. I'll say, no, well, maybe. Maybe they can do it. Uh, because my thinking is that I really don't feel like they're going to go out there and allow you know, the 550 yards of yeah. offense that they were averaging giving up. 
after last week, I mean, like you said, it looked like a different defense out there. Players were playing fast. They were going to the ball. They were set. All the things that Bill Bush wants to, wants to see out of this defense. Um, but at the same time, I feel like this, this Rutgers offense, we've heard about the trick plays that they want to run, the different personnel, you know, the different schemes. That's still a lot for a defense to contend with. Even if Nebraska was ready, they were set against Indiana, you always run that risk, you know, of a, a big play, you know, being able to, to throw your efforts off course, which, like I said, credit to the defense. They didn't let it happen against Indiana, but there's always that risk against, against Rutgers. Um, scoring should be low, as we said, but it's just, a, it's just a case to me where I think the yardage, I think Rutgers will put up more yards than Indiana did, but can Nebraska, you know, bend but don't break that type of performance you want from, from the defense, you know, when teams are driving. Getting into the red zone, plus territory, you know, force punts, force field goal attempts, um, just kind of make Rutgers drive down the field more, more times than, you know, big plays will allow. And also, it needs to be said, uh, Nebraska needs to rein it in in terms of penalties. Absolutely. Uh, over, it was like 111, I think, yards they had in penalty yards last week. Not what you want, especially against Rutgers. Yeah, a few, few pass interference, I think, were, were probably the most notable on defense. One of which was questionable at yeah. best, but still can't do that. Yeah. Even if the if the ball is so high, why? And anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're still we're still talking I'm about it. I'm triggered. I'm yeah. sorry. But I mean, obviously, that's that's an Indiana team that was mm-hmm. built on throwing the ball. Rutgers, I think, a little bit more balanced um, yep. in their personnel, and of course, like you said, quarterbacks will look to run it. So different challenge for this team to to get up and contend against. Um, we'll see what they can do. Um, have a feeling, like we said, that the yardage, everything will be better from those first four, first four games. Um, the improvements are there. Saw them last week, see how well uh, they will continue. So I guess it's time for, for some predictions. And I'll go first on this one. I think we're pretty close on the scores. We are. Um, I'm going to say Nebraska wins this one, 28-21. I feel like that's a pretty good range. Maybe it could be closer. Rutgers kicks a couple field goals. Nebraska kicks a field goal or two, um, as opposed to just all touchdowns. But I do think, you know, Grant gets in the end zone a couple times. Thompson, he's going he's gonna to be looking for Palmer. And, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see when are these teams going to start, you know, doubling Trey. Right. Putting, always just putting a safety over the top. I mean, he's burned, he's burned every team Nebraska's played, at least for at least one deep reception. Um, so if, if Rutgers is that team to kind of solve the Palmer solution, that'll put a little bit of a hamper on, on Nebraska's offense. But I do think 28 points should be a pretty decent, you know, based on their season average, just above 30. Um, but yeah, 20, if they can hold Rutgers to 21, um, you know, after doing it to Indiana uh, this last week, I mean, that'd be a, a great improvement from where they were at, you know, the first four weeks to kind of have found their level, you know, that, they, that they're on at this point. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a little closer. I think Nebraska's going to win 21, Rutgers 17, uh, just because I think that, I just think it's going to be close. Uh, another one, I know. <laughs> Prepare your hearts accordingly. Uh, I just, I've got a weird feeling. Uh, I think Nebraska's going to win, but it's going to be close, and it's going to be close all the way to the end. Yeah, that's a, that's a Big Ten football score right there, 21-17, huh? I, I, it, was, it was right there for the taking. Absolutely, so. yeah. And we, we haven't seen, haven't seen a, a Nebraska game with that level of scoring so far this year. So we'll see when, 
you know, the, the fall comes around, you know, Big Ten play, we'll see the, the scoring cools off a little bit. This might be the week um, that we see that. But we'll be there. We'll, we have, uh, we'll have the exclusive live reaction from the field, um, you know, talking about the game, giving you our, our post-game breakdown. And, of course, we'll have all the, all the different game coverage that we have over the last few weeks. But um, we'll have to get out there first. We got, a, we got a flight to catch soon. I know. Thursday's going to be a long day. Absolutely. Um, but hopefully, if you're watching this Life in the Red podcast you know, sooner to then, hopefully this will give you a little something to tide you over until that game. Like I said, 6.30 kickoff there Friday night in Piscataway, New Jersey. Nebraska at Rutgers. Huskers looking to make it. Three and three on the year, um, improved to two and one in Big Ten play. And thank you all for, for watching this episode, talking Indiana, talking Rutgers. Uh, season marches on, but, but stick with us for everything. So frame me just, I've been Luke Mullen, and appreciate all of you tuning in for today's Life in the Red. Uh, we'll see you on Friday night.